Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. I mean, what should we talk about tonight, right? Mississippi State basketball is off to a great start. They got a big game tonight. We're only, you know... 90 or so days from the start of baseball. You want to get it? No, no, no. This is Thunder and Lightning, and this is Egg Bowl Week here on Thunder and Lightning. Thanks for joining me. Brian Haydad here. Rhino down there in Studio X. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. And, of course, will it be a happy Thanksgiving for the maroon and white faithful uh, because we are here at the Battle for the Golden Egg, the game we all look forward to th- throughout the season. Whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, and you people know who I'm talking about when I say that, uh, it's here. And it's a big game. It's a huge game. It's always big, but this year there's a lot more on the line uh, for Mississippi State. For Ole Miss, we have the added bonus. And we can, now, see, now we can talk a little frankly, right? We're, we're all enjoying ourselves watching this, aren't we? I know I am. I know I'm enjoying it. I'm getting a big kick out of it. People were were tweeting at me today uh, when when Borky tweeted out the video of our discussion from the Kiffin thing yesterday. They were like, hey, Dad, I mean, he can barely contain himself. My glee. It is what it is. But we we do have that to, to deal with as well. So, you know, it's the Egg Bowl, and there's a lot going on as always, but it, it does feel like maybe this year we've got a little bit more on the plate than an extra than when you were used to a little extra sides you know and I didn't I didn't know Grandma was bringing the, you know two green bean casseroles now we got we got to get through both of those that's where we are here uh, for Mississippi State it's 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 really come down to this that you know Mike Leach you want to be able to show a trend of improvement and that's why last year when there were a lot of of negative people a lot of naysayers about Leach I, I tried to really focus it from the frame of he went from four wins to seven. And Will Rogers played a lot better and put up incredible numbers. And so year one to year two, that's a success. It didn't end the way you wanted it to by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a success. Year three, I wanted to see a continuation of that, improvement. Now, my preseason prediction was only to be one game better. Now, Will Rogers has not played as well this year as I thought he would, but State is still in position to be one game better. That game is this game. That's the one game better I was focusing on. Because I thought, especially back in June, that there were a lot of question marks about Ole Miss and that Mississippi State had a lot of proven talent. And so I, that's how I made my prediction. Now we're here in late November, and we know that Ole Miss has answered a lot of those questions. They've been able to restock the backfield. Jackson Dart has been a very good quarterback for them. Defensively, good early on. They've been struggling as of late. So there's still some questions about Ole Miss. And obviously the Kiffin situation raises more questions. Mentally, how is this team going to be, the Rebels? Are they going to be locked in or are they going to be checked out? 
You know, if you watched the game last week, I think you saw a team that mentally uh, wasn't wasn't locked in, wasn't ready to play football, and Arkansas took advantage of that. Can Mississippi State do that? That's the question we're all going to have to find out around this time uh, tomorrow in in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Is Mississippi State able to put the boots to an Ole Miss team that should be at the very minimum distracted and at the worst checked out with their coach? I know a lot of state fans will want to point back to 2017 when, when, when state fans went through this with Dan Mullen. I've said it many times. Dan Mullen in that game had the car running and the bags packed. I don't know if Megan was in the car or in the stadium, but he couldn't wait to get off that field to, so that he could go to the next stop. Is that what's going to happen with Kiffin? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if he's a guy who can, you know, put all that b- behind him and, and get his team to, to buy in for one last round of football, or is he, you know, just is his, is his head already on the plains of Alabama? I don't know the answer to that question. Here's what I do know, or at least I think I know, is that the first six games of the season, Mississippi State offensively looked great. They didn't look great against LSU, but five of those six games, which they won, five and one, they were running the ball effectively. Will Rogers was moving the ball down the field. Very efficient. You couldn't have asked for much more. And then these last five games, and I really don't want to count what happened Saturday with the, with, with the FCS team, with East Tennessee State. They have not looked good. They have not been able to run the football. Will Rogers has not been able to push the ball down the field, and he has not been efficient with the passing game. And that's why they lost to Kentucky, Alabama, Georgia, and they had to escape against Auburn. So which team are we going to see? Can State find its way back to early October, and that team that was playing so well and got ranked as high as number 16 in the country Or are you going to see the team you've seen for the last month that can't run the football and is one-dimensional and has puts everything onto Will Rogers and says, go win the game by yourself. We're not going to give you any help. Those those are the questions. And the answer to that question is what the answer to that question will tell us who the winner of this game is going to be. And to me, it is literally that simple. That if State goes out there, and plays offense the way that I know, I know for a fact because I saw it with my own eyes, that they're capable of playing, they'll win. If you tell me right now that, hey, State's going to get the same offensive performance in this game that it got against Arkansas and Texas A&M, they will win by a score similar to what they won by in those two games. You know, 14-plus 17-plus points. I believe that. The other side of that coin is, if you tell me they're going to play the way they played against Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, they will lose by that margin. They, they They will be easily defeated by the Rebels. So what's it going to be? For Mike Leach, you win this game, you're 8-4, and four, you're going to a Florida Bowl. If things play out, all the way right, you could end up in the Citrus Bowl. You got a chance for a nine-win season to finish in the top 20. The only people who would be chirping at Mike Leach would be absolute lunatics at that point. And I'll call them out and tell them that. If you're not on board with Mike Leach, if he wins this game and gets to a Florida Bowl in year three, then there's no pleasing you, and your, your opinion is irrelevant to me. But if you lose, 
and it's three straight, and it's this Ole Miss team with all this drama surrounding them, well, then I then 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna work. Because you put yourself in a position in 2023, I almost said 2014, how old are, am I? 2023, where it's not just win, it's win big. you got to schedule eight home games. You get Ole Miss at home, you get Kentucky at home. Been able to win those games recently at home. You know, your, your other, your, you replaced Georgia with South Carolina. The, 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 with what you're going to bring back, it feels like the pieces are there to win nine, ten games next year. Better do it. Better do it if you lose this one. This is a legacy-defining game for Mike Leach, for Lane Kiffin in some ways, for Will Rogers in some ways. Will Rogers doesn't want to be the, the MSU quarterback who was 0-3 as a starter in the Egg Bowl. Nobody wants that. I, I would be willing to bet that there's nobody in the state of Mississippi that wants to win this game more than Will Rogers does. We'll see if he can do it. States should be as healthy as we've seen them in quite some time. I would expect Dylan Johnson to be back in this game. He sat out last week, I think, completely by design. Didn't need him against East Tennessee State. Jaden Crumbody has been playing really well since he returned. Um, as far as I know, everybody's good to go. So you go to Oxford ready to play. You go to Oxford ready to, to, to try and take this trophy back. Is your is your coach going to put you in the positions to do it. And, and you tell me the answer to that question, I'll tell you right now who wins the football game. I feel like it's going to be not a great night for Mississippi State in Oxford. But I'm definitely capable of being wrong. And Mike Leach can just prove me wrong. He can just go out and coach the game the way I know. Again, that's, that's, and this is the most frustrating part of it. I know this team is capable of of being better offensively. I saw it this year. I saw it a month and a half ago. It happened in front of my face. This isn't projection. This isn't if-then statements. It's simply, I saw them be better. Why aren't they better now? Time to be better. It's the last chance. You're either going to be 8-4, and four, go to a great bowl, or you're going to be 7-5 and five and everybody's going to be breathing down your neck. And I can't make it any simpler for you than that so we shall see we shall see what happens in oxford who's coming up next why it's richard cross he'll join me here for the first time on thunder and lightning he'll give us a look at the rebels and what they have going on obviously a lot going on there in oxford these past few days and then of course we'll continue to talk about this game i'll give you some players to watch and make my prediction you're not gonna like my prediction i'll just go ahead and tell you right now back in just a minute this is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Got some new songs on us uh, on this week's Thunder and Lightning. I wonder. What, I wonder what the theme is. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. 
Joining us now, a man who needs no introduction, so just start talking. Go ahead. Hey, I know you. <laughs> Didn't we just talk to each other? Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi and also, you know, the Ole Miss sideline reporter, back on the sidelines for this game and also my Thanksgiving Day host. A lot going on there for you, Richard, in these next few days. A lot, lot of action. I'm excited to be back uh, with the radio crew. Uh, love those guys. Spent a lot of time with them through the the years. Uh, I am thankful for the TV opportunities that I've had this year, but uh, the the radio sideline opportunities have been few and far between. So uh, glad the weather is going to cooperate too for uh, a return to the sidelines. Make sure the the rain gear is ready to go and uh, try to stay warm and dry tomorrow night, which may be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, whatever you do, keep that bow tie dry. That's all. That's all that matters. Uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. <laughs> you knew I'd get one. Uh, I feel like I've talked so much this week about, uh, and I think you have too, about the matchup: Ole Miss State State's offense versus Ole Miss's defense, and what is State going to do offensively? So let's just turn this around and, and look at it from the other side. Ole Miss's offense has been really good this year. I, again, people have this misconception of of Kiffin and the way he he likes to run his offense. They're the best running offense in the SEC. Judkins and Evans, probably the best duo in college football, if we're, if we're being totally honest. And Dart has given them the same kind of rushing threat that Corral gave them to a certain extent. Is there a number for Mississippi State that they just can't let Ole Miss get past when we're talking about rushing yards? Well, last week they they put up over 400, and that was not enough to uh, to get it done. So, so I don't know if I feel comfortable putting a a number on it. But you're talking about the number one rushing offense in the SEC for the third straight year, and Ole Miss has had success against Mississippi State in each of the last two seasons. I, I, hey, Dad, you would remember probably better than me. I don't remember though that the run game felt like, oh, wow, that was the reason that Ole Miss won in either of the last two seasons. I feel like they've had success against Mississippi State, but it has not necessarily been egregious on the ground in terms of one of those like you know monster games running the football. I do think that's going to be a big part of what Ole Miss does tomorrow night, you know, newsflash. But I do think weather could, could factor into that as well. If, if you've got wet conditions, uh, an offense that likes to run seemingly has an advantage – um, because there's a little bit less margin for error, uh, you know, in the passing game. So we'll see. But I mean, look, it's not like, oh, it's a unique thing to say we got to go out and establish the run if you're talking about Ole Miss, because that's what they do. If they don't establish the run, then they're problems. You've got the Vanderbilt game where Jackson Dart kind of went crazy and, and threw for 400 yards and what, 270 something Domingo where he set the single game rushing record. Jackson Dart's passing numbers are okay. He's thrown for 2,500 yards this season, and I think it's, what, 18 touchdowns and nine interceptions, something like that. Um, But clearly this offense works best when it's running. And, you know, Mississippi State's rush defense has been okay, uh, giving up about a buck 50 on the ground. That's middle of the pack in the SEC. You and I talked about this some this week. There are a couple of quarterbacks, though, that that have given Mississippi State trouble. Jaden Daniels against LSU – uh, Arkansas was a little bit different because Malik Hornsby, that's really all he does. Although, I think if K.J. Jefferson had played in that game, probably you would have seen you know pretty good rushing numbers from him as well. So, yeah, running game, huge part of it. But I don't think Ole Miss can be one-dimensional. And if you watch the Arkansas game I, and, and stuck with it all the way through, and, and bless you if you did, um, there were some big plays in the passing game. 
And I'll be interested to see Malik Heath has been a big part of what Ole Miss has done in the passing game really over the last six weeks, I mean, the entire season, but especially over the last six weeks or so. And, you know, you, you would think that this is a big game for him, but also probably a big game for his former teammates in not wanting to see him have a big night against them. Do you think there's there's a little, you know, concern? Concern might not be the right word, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of jawing between Heath and whoever is, is out there on him, be it DeCameron Richardson or Emmanuel Forbes. You know, are, are you worried? Because I think Heath is a big part of what Ole Miss wants to do offensively. Are you are you worried about State maybe trying to get him out of the game, not so much physically but mentally? I mean, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, and and Malik Keith has kind of just been another receiver this year against all the other teams that he's played, right? So you, you want to shut down a good player, but it's not like oh, there's a, a personal thing there. There's some personal here. Uh, I'm sure he's still got friends on that Mississippi State team, but I'm sure he's also got people on that Mississippi State team that don't like him. I, I don't know what his relationship with Emmanuel Forbes is, but I do know that Emmanuel Forbes is an elite corner. And when you talk about elite cornerbacks, usually you talk about guys that know how to talk as well. But no better example than uh, than Fred Smoot, obviously. And so I don't know if it's so much that, you know, if Emmanuel Forbes doesn't like Malik Keith, as much as if he thinks there's an advantage to be had by getting in his head, yeah. then absolutely he'll try to do that. And and so for Malik Keith, you, you probably somebody has got to have a conversation with him before the game. Says, look, look, you know this is coming. You, you got to stay in your lane. You got to go out and produce, but you can't hurt the team with a lot of extra. So we'll, we'll see how that that plays out. But yeah, I do think that's an interesting matchup to watch, whether it's Richardson or Forbes that draws that assignment. One thing I always ask uh, my guests on the podcast, I asked Borky this earlier today, but on, when we do our preview, we, we come up with an X factor, a player who, not necessarily going to be the offensive or defensive player of the game for the for the team, but a player who could make a play that makes a difference. For In your mind, who is that player for Ole Miss in this game? Would I be cheating if I gave you three? Just a little bit, but I'll take them. So... I think Jonathan Cruz, the, the kicker, has been really, really good throughout the season. Uh, he's only got two missed field goals. One of them came last week against Arkansas. But that's a guy that you trust, right? And, and if there's a big field goal late, you know, then you feel, I think, okay putting it on his shoulders to try and go win you a ball game, especially at home. Uh, clearly, conditions could be an issue in the kicking game, and we'll see how that affects it. I, I'll stick with the kicking game for the second one, and it's uh, Frazier Massin. He's not been very good this year. And you, I know, have kind of zeroed in on Mississippi State's return game, especially with punt returning, whether you're talking about Tulu, uh, Tulu or Xavion, uh, two really dynamic guys in the return game. Ole Miss got to be good. Now, Ole Miss may have won the game against, uh, ooh, was it Auburn? No, it was Texas A&M, where he just absolutely hit that 60-yard bomb that, that flipped the field at the, uh, at the end of the ball game. But a lot of his punts last week have been uh, uh, subpar, uh, to, to say the least. But I'll go to a veteran in, in the passing game. I mean, you mentioned Malik Heath again uh, a second ago. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, with his last opportunity to play in an Ole Miss uniform, he's been an incredibly unselfish player. I, I, I don't know that if you look at his entire career, you say that he achieved what you thought he was capable of achieving, but there have been flashes. Two years ago against Kentucky, kind of a breakout game. He had the monster game against Vanderbilt earlier this year. He's a physical runner, pretty good hands, not necessarily breakaway speed, 
But Mingo might be the guy in the passing game that, that I would kind of identify as, to your words, an X factor for Ole Miss. We can't get away from it. We do have to talk about it. But what what effect does all the drama surrounding Lane Kiffin have on this team tomorrow night? Do, do you think it's going to be a distraction, or you, do you think this team can, can overcome that and, and, and come together for one last game here? I mean, you you got to forgive me for a cop-out answer, but I think the answer is we have no idea, right? You, you, you can't peek into the minds of 18, 19, 20-year-old men who may feel like their coach is abandoning them if, if they believe that he's leaving. Maybe they don't feel like he's been entirely truthful with him. But, but I think your question is a good one, right? Do you just set all of that aside and say, look, we got a football game to play. Let's go out and play it, play the best game that we can, and, and see where it falls, see if we can get a win. Or do you allow – see, to me, it's, it's not are they motivated one way or the other for Lane Kiffin. It's did the distraction creep into preparation throughout the course of the week. I, I don't think what Lane Kiffin does or doesn't do has an effect on tomorrow night's game in real time tomorrow night. But I do think it's possible that, you know, maybe Lane Kiffin was distracted in terms of preparing a game plan this week. Maybe the players were frustrated – by a lack of information or, or information overload throughout the course of the week, and maybe that had an effect in terms of getting ready for the game, if that makes sense. I asked Borky this again. I'm going to double up on you. But when we go on the air Friday at 3 o'clock, 3.06, is Lane Kiffin still the head coach at Ole Miss? I think Auburn really, really wants to hold the news until after the Iron Bowl. I have the sense that if they make an official offer to him before the Iron Bowl kicks, then it will happen on Friday, and there are no secrets. And, and so I think we'll know. Uh, I, I realize I'm kind of hedging my bets on that and, and not giving you a solid answer as to whether or not we'll know by 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. I'll just say that if Auburn makes the offer, we will know about it before we go on the air on Friday. Richard and I will dine together tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll get some content out of that. I don't know. But then he'll be on the sidelines, and I'll be in the press box at Vaught Hemingway Stadium for the Egg Bowl. Richard Cross, my good friend, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, what time are you showing up tomorrow? Noonish. Okay. Is my plan. Come earlier if you'd like. I got to cook. You know, I got to make sure stuff's ready to go. See you, man. Thanks for having me. I'll see you then. We'll be back in just a minute. Let's talk more Egg Bowl here on Thunder and Lightning. Podcasts and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. Thunder and lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever miss the show, it's always available on the Super Talk or on the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, which I hope you're subscribed to. Available wherever podcasts are found, or available at supertalk.fm. And there's so many ways to listen to Super Talk. One way I don't know a lot of you guys know this, but if you just say, "Hey Alexa, play Super Talk Mississippi," boom, it's right there. If you've got an Amazon device, listening to Super Talk is oh so easy. And of course, we have a great app. We have our live feed. We have the uh, the, the 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 channel here where you can see my beautiful face. Well, beautiful might be a stretch, but you can see my face. So hope you're, hopefully you're checking us out wherever you uh, are getting your multimedia these days. And like I said, subscribe to the uh, podcast. We've had great interviews this week. Uh, Robert Bean, uh, Kevin Fant, 
Ben Beckwith, a lot of great former players. We'll have some more tomorrow. Uh, MH, former MSU linebacker Daniel Boyd. Uh, some, we'll talk about the 1991 Egg Bowl. So we've relived some of those great games. We did that on yesterday's pod as well. We talked. To, we got everybody to send in their favorite games. A lot of votes for 99, for 2007, and for 2019. Everybody loves Elijah Moore. Still to this day, the craziest ending to a football game I've ever seen in my life. Um, what about what about tomorrow though? Crazy ending coming? Could. If you listen to Sports Talk earlier today, Richard's prediction was for a last-minute winner uh, field goal for the Ole Miss Rebels. Michael Borky predicted uh, a a very tight game and that the mental state of Ole Miss gets the better of them, and Mississippi State walks off the field uh, with the trophy. I will reveal my prediction if you missed it a little later in the show. But I will say this. This is a two-and-a-half. And, and this is something that, you know, if you're listening, Ole Miss fans, you guys have, have bought into this idea that this team, this Rebel team is a juggernaut. It is not. And this game is a two-and-a-half-point spread. Vegas doesn't think there's a whole lot of difference between these two teams. Well, I brought it up the other day, and it got a lot of Ole Miss fans riled up. But it is the truth that the only difference schedule-wise between these two teams is that State played Georgia and Ole Miss played Vanderbilt. They've played the other the other six SEC teams they've played are the same. They're three and three against them. They're both four and zero in their non-conference. The difference is that Ole Miss got to beat Vanderbilt and State had to lose to Georgia. And if you reverse those things, nobody with any common sense can tell you different that it would be exactly the reverse. That State would have beaten Vanderbilt and that Ole Miss would have lost to Georgia, and the records would just be reversed. These teams really aren't that different. The biggest difference right now is perception. And part of it is because of the way Ole Miss has played. They've played well this year. They've won the games they were supposed to win. They put a lot of points on the board. They, they, their offense has been good. Whereas with Mississippi State, they're not an entertaining football team at all. They 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 have to grind out everything. It seems that they get. They never. They don't. They don't get a lot of big plays. I would love to know. I I may have to look it up. Outside of you know special teams and pick sixes. What is State's longest play of the year? I'm going to look that up for us while we're talking. So State's just a difficult watch. I mean, there's just no way around. Okay, so State did have a 75-yard touchdown pass against Texas A&M. So that, there is the one big play. 57-yard pass to Tulu Griffin. I think that was against Auburn, where he took a short pass and kind of ran it. But it's not a lot, especially in the running game. And I think fans in this state, they sort of gravitate to the running game. Just because that's what we've, we've known for so long. And all of us who played high school, nobody who played high school football in the state, unless you played at Greenville St. Joe circa like 1991 and 1995. If you're listening out there, you know what I'm talking about. But none of you played in, in, a, in a, like a high-powered passing game for the most part. Everybody ran the football. So I think Ole Miss just, is just plays an attractive style of football to the average football fan in the state of Mississippi. So the perception is that Ole Miss has been this really great team all year and that Mississippi State has struggled. And there's some reality to that. State has definitely struggled the past few weeks, the past month. But with Ole Miss, I mean, a lot of your your diehard maroon and white guys would have said, well, they were propped up by that early season schedule. Well, whether you say that or not, they won those games and they won them all pretty convincingly. Maybe not the Tulsa game, but you know, they, 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 they beat up a lot of teams. They put up big points, big numbers. But the idea that Ole Miss is just going to show up and win the game was never the case, not even before Kiffin and this Auburn drama started happening. This was always going to be a probably a, a close game. 
it is what we like to call on Thunder and Lightning a four-outcome game, that there is no outcome that would surprise us. If we wake up on Friday, you'll say you, just, you, you went into a tryptophan-induced coma, and you, you miss the game, you wake up Friday, you go to Twitter, what happened? And I tell you, and I'm saying that State won by 30 points. Okay, it could happen. There's a path for that. Ole Miss won by 30 points. Okay, could happen. There's a path for that. But more than likely, this game is going to be close and go down to the wire. Um, it's going to come down to things like special teams. I think with State, the, the, the need is there to get points on the board from your special teams or your defense. You've been doing it this year. Emmanuel Forbes with a couple of pick sixes. He's the nation's leader in pick sixes. He holds the SEC record for that particular uh, stat. Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas, terrific in the return game. They both have a touchdown this year on a punt return and on a kickoff return. I said it earlier, I'm at the point with State in the return game. State special teams have not been great this year, but in the return game they've been elite to the point where I just expect State to have good starting field position if you give a returnable kick to them. Ole Miss would be wise to just push it out of the end zone every time. Don't know if the weather will allow for that, though. And honestly, when you have bad weather, returns can happen because it's just difficult to break down and make that tackle in the open field. State needs to, If State can find seven points from someone other than the offense, it's going to go a long way in getting the win there. So Tulu Griffin, Xavier Thomas, Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, those are three huge playmakers for Mississippi State. We'll talk. We'll get into that in just a minute, as we, as we always do at the end of the show. So it's a close game. Turnovers are going to be huge. It's going to be wet. It's going to be a slog. Fumbles are going to happen. You know, a ball is going to leave your hand the wrong way if you're Rodgers, if you're Dart, and interceptions can happen. So I mean, turnovers are important every game. We know this, you know, turnover margin is, is usually a pretty good indicator, usually a pretty good predictor of who wins. But in a game like this, where there could be multiple turnovers, we talked about uh, the 92 Egg Bowl on uh, on yesterday's Sports Talk Mississippi and 12 combined turnovers in that game. Somehow Ole Miss won with seven turnovers. State had five. Not gonna, I, I hope it's not like that. I, I hope we aren't, aren't, aren't going to be given a, a game like that, but... In this weather, with these two teams, I mean, they're going to put the ball in the air. There's going to be some fumbles, I think. Although Judkins and Evans have been really good. And State's been really good. State doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Neither does Ole Miss. But in this kind of situation, it could happen. There's just a lot of, to go back to what I asked Richard, X factors. There's a lot happening beyond just offense and defense in this game. You know, for State, I think... We're going to find out, you know, mentally how tough this team really is. They've had a rough go of it since they played Kentucky. They were riding high, and that balloon just got popped in Lexington. And as I said many times, that is the game Mississippi State fans are still upset about. Nobody cares that you lost to to Auburn or to, to Alabama and to Georgia. You expected to lose those games when the schedule was printed. Nobody is upset that you you took you know overtime to beat Auburn. Because you could play it off as well as the first game with Cadillac Williams, and he had them motivated, and State made some mistakes. Nobody cares about that. People care that you went to Kentucky and laid an egg. A Kentucky team that we now see is bad. A Kentucky team that's led by, quite frankly, 
the most overrated college football player I can remember in the last decade in Will Levis. People have made this guy out to be the next Joe Montana. I don't know that he's the next Joe Montana. So what are we? So that's what you're, you're mad about if you're a Mississippi State fan. If State was eight and three, if they had beaten Kentucky, they'd still be ranked. They wouldn't have dropped out for beat for losing to Alabama and to Georgia. Did Ole Miss drop out for losing to, to Alabama and to Arkansas? No, they're still ranked. That's the game that, that that's throwing you off. And State's been so poor on the road this year. You know, the Arizona game, the margin looks pretty comfortable, but if you watch that game, you know that Arizona made it a lot more interesting than maybe you'd like. You played terribly at LSU. You played terribly at Kentucky, and you played terribly at uh, at Alabama offensively. Offensively. Defensively, you're actually pretty good against Alabama. Defensively, you weren't terrible against LSU. You had a bad special, a couple of bad special teams play that, that really hurt you. Kentucky, you know, Chris Rodriguez ran the ball really effectively on you. But you got points on the board from the defense. So how tough mentally is Mississippi State? We'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow night. We'll, we, we might we might actually know by this time tomorrow night. We'll see if the Bulldogs can finally figure out their road woes and win a game that you know they're not a huge underdog in. It's almost a, a pick'em at this point, and an Ole Miss team that I can almost guarantee has some distractions, and isn't 100% locked in and ready to play. At least I'll be surprised if they are. We'll see. We'll know soon enough. When we come back, players to watch, playmakers, and my prediction for the uh, 2022 Egg Bowl. I'm not looking forward to making it. It is what it is, though. Try to be honest. Try to be not be a homer. Back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Dreams, all of which are American dreams, all of which are American dreams, all of which are American dreams. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Virgil Kane is the name, and I served on the Danville train. Oh, I may have to let that one run a bit. How long do we get to the chorus, right? Do we know the answer? Uh, Thunder and lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad wrapping it up with you here on a Wednesday. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before the Egg Bowl, the game will have kicked off at this time, uh, 24 hours away from now, or 23, I guess now. Goodness, I can't believe we're already here. You know, you think about college football, man. You just you wait for it, you wait for it, you wait for it. And then you just blink and it's gone. It's over. And now you have this game and then you have whatever bowl game your teams are going to. And and that's it. We we go we play the waiting game for another eight months. It hurts. It hurts right here. Right there in the hot. Oh well. So what are the players? Who are the players I'm gonna be looking at here for Mississippi State? I feel like I'm willing this into existence at this point. I keep picking him, but Jaquavius Marks. Marks and Johnson are averaging five yards a carry plus on the season. And yet Mississippi State refuses to give them the ball. Uh, this has got to, that's got to change. There's no way around it if they don't give them the ball in this game. Not going to win. Marks and Johnson have a combined 100 
and 66 carries on the season. Well, Rodgers has thrown 527 passes. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. Marks and Johnson averaging five yards a carry. Will Rogers is averaging, you know, what, six yards an attempt? Come on. Give them the ball. They can do it. They can help you win this football game. You could pick Marks or Johnson in this situation, but I'll go with Marks. I feel like he's got just a little bit more explosive. But on a night like uh, tomorrow night's going to be, you know, maybe the, 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 the pounding and the power runner of Dylan Johnson might be the way to go. But Marks is my choice here. Defensively, big-time players step up in big-time games. The, the great philosopher Santana Moss taught us that. State's big-time player is Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, I haven't filled out my Connerly ballot yet. Right now, Quinchon Judkins sits at number one. Forbes and Shadur Sanders are somewhere two. They're two three. I haven't I haven't figured out the order yet. If Forbes gets into the end zone in this game, if he gets another pick six, I'm going to bump him because that's just a five touchdowns for a defensive player is an absolute ludicrous statistic, and it would deserve to be rewarded. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on Mingo. I don't know if he's going to be on Heath. He might be on both of them depending on where Ole Miss lines them up. So those are their two best receivers. That means Forbes is going to have some opportunities. He's got to take advantage. State needs him to force a turnover, and State could really use him to get into the end zone. If you do that, you got a great chance. And then I mentioned it earlier for my X Factor, it's got to be Tulu Griffin. And on a wet, rainy night, the return guys, they have an advantage because they know where they're going and nobody else does. So if you can, you know, make some guys miss, you have a chance to to, to leave them in the in the mud. Tulu Griffin can do that. I expect big returns from Tulu Griffin. If they if they kick the ball to him, I expect thirty plus yards. That's just the way he's been all year long. It also feels like State's trying to make a little bit more of a concerted effort to get him the ball in some other plays. You know, you've seen a jet sweep the past two weeks, scored a touchdown on it last week. Um, maybe they use that as a decoy this week. They've put it on film now. Maybe they've got a play plan where they fake that jet sweep and go maybe to Ra Ra Thomas or somebody else. I guess it wouldn't be Ra Ra. He wouldn't be on the field because he and Tulu play the same position. And how can you get those two guys on the field at the same time? But Tulu is going to be my, my X factor in this game. I expect to see him, uh, make some big plays in the return game. I've been doing predictions for this game in terms of a public format since 2011. That's when I was back in the, the B&B show days, if you've been with me for that long. I've done it on the podcast, and I've done, you know, this is my fourth year on Sports Talk Mississippi, and I have never, not one time, picked Ole Miss to win. Never. Even when I thought the Ole Miss might be a little bit better team, I always thought, you know, State will find a way. But I just don't have the faith in Mike Leach to call the plays the way they need to be called in this game. I feel like State's going to just continue to throw the ball at a 4-1, to 5-1 to one kind of clip, and that's going to be a huge problem for Mississippi State, and I, I just don't see it happen. So as much as it literally pains me physically to do it, I'm going to pick the Rebels to win this one. I'm going 35-24. Uh, Ole Miss will retain the, uh, the Golden Egg Trophy for the third straight year. And then their new coach can parade it around and show it to recruits because that's what they're going to have uh, come sometime Friday, maybe Saturday uh, evening. That's what I believe. We'll see what happens. I assure you, I assure you that nobody wants to be wrong more than me. But we'll see. 
We'll see. It's been that kind of season for Mississippi State. And uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving with Richard Cross and his family. I hope you guys are having a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. If you are traveling anywhere in our great state, we've already talked about the weather. Please be careful. And we'll be back with you on Friday on Sports Talk Mississippi to recap everything that happens in Oxford, to possibly talk about what's going down there with Lane Kiffin, plus get you ready for another in the final weekend of the regular season of college football. So a lot to talk about on Friday. Do not miss it. Please be safe and enjoy yourselves. Have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Rhino, have a great Thanksgiving, my friend. And we will be back with you Wednesday for another Thunder and Lightning. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.